Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Athletes Unplugged. Today's guest is one of my good friends and former teammates, Brandon Wheaton. And what makes Brandon so unique to me is in high school, he was a dual sport athlete. So much so he was drafted right out of high school to be a reliever for the New York Yankees. And then after a great career at Oklahoma State, he went on to be a first round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns of the 2012 NFL draft. So, Brandon, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for being patient. I know it was rough starting this out, man, so I appreciate it. You got it, man. It's good to catch up. I haven't, I haven't talked to you in a while, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so I see that Masters uh, situation behind you, and I know you just left uh, Pebble Beach. You got to tell me, how'd you hit him, man? You know, my game has actually been pretty bad lately. And I went down No, no. I found it. I, I found it. I made some birdies. Okay, uh, okay. I don't know if it was the weather, the green grass, or what, what it was, man, but it was good. We went out and uh, – Played Thursday through Sunday, played four rounds. Wow. The weather was never below 65 and never above 68. Got no wind. Wow. Had a couple cocktails. I think the cocktails made me feel <laughs> better. So it was good, to, it was good to, to play well. And it was, I've been struggling, but it's, it's getting better. So when you say struggling and hitting them well, you know, you're, you're, you're not like the average civilian like me. Now, you, you, I can't play with you because I'm consistently in the hundreds. So what's a good day? <laughs> what's a good day for you? Um, and, people, and by the way, Pebble Beach is not, I would never want to go to Pebble Beach and embarrass myself around a bunch of qualified golfers. So, you know, that in itself is another class that I'm I'm not welcome to. But what's a good day for you on a golf Yeah, course? I mean, low to mid 70s. I mean, you know, if I make some birdies, I'll shoot under par. Um, lately, I mean, I'm, I've sprinkled in some 80s. Like if I shoot 80, I'm pissed. Like that's a bag. Right, right. That's that's lose sleep at night, go to the range and start grinding type deal. But I you know, out there I shot uh, my first round I shot seventy six. Okay. Spanish Bay, I shot seventy four at Spyglass and I double bogeyed freaking eighteen to shoot one over a <laughs> Kind of pissed about that. But man, but I'm hitting it better, man. Like I said, I you know, that's all I do now. I got kids and <laughs> right, so right. my free time, I should be out and chase out a white ball. Yeah, ever since uh, King was born, he's three now. I've gone to the golf course and, and swung the, the club a few times, but I haven't played nine or 18. I always find something else to do, and everybody around me plays. So I, this summer, I got to make a conscious effort to get back out there. But with that being said, now that we got the golf talk out of the way, let me go back to the intro about, and I know a lot about your football career, college wise. I did my research. You had a hell of a career at Oklahoma State. Probably one of the greatest players. It's just a matter of time before you get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So uh, kudos to you on that. But let's go back to when you're a young kid and when sports, like most of us, you're a highly competitive person. Hell, you play golf, you play professionally baseball and football professionally. When did baseball in your life become, when did you realize you were really good at it? Yes, my, you know, growing up, I started playing baseball when I was like, just before I turned four. And so T-ball on, um, I mean, really from day one, baseball was always my sport. So I would, mm. I mean, it was pretty much a year round deal. I didn't play football as a kid. Uh, I never played, I, I never played tackle football until I was a junior in high school. I don't think a lot of people know that. No, I, I didn't know that. football when I was like 10, loved it, but I wanted to focus on baseball. <laughs> so in high school, I, I did all three, I did baseball, basketball, football. But to answer your question, like, <clears throat> so it's funny. So. Until I was probably, I'd say, 11 or 12, I was better than everybody. I was the best player, you know, around. And then I didn't right. really grow. Everybody else grew. And I was a, I was a runt. 
So then I kind of right. got passed for a couple of years. And then um, really when I realized, like, man, I have a chance to play in college or hopefully at the next level was my um, my junior year. So I, I couldn't break glass with fastball. My <laughs> sophomore was brutal. Like, literally, I'm throwing curveballs and knuckleballs and everything just to get guys out. And uh, so then I, I started throwing the football my junior year because I was – I. That was the first year I ever played football. Jumped into football. I think it held my arm strength. That that so that is crazy. Seventy eight, and then I touched ninety my junior year, and that's when I realized I was a guy. I mean, like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Your junior year, so you always played baseball. You just said you could throw a, a baseball through broken glass, or through you couldn't break glass with a fastball. You didn't. You didn't really peak until your junior year. I mean, that's when I yeah, I kind of hit that growth spurt. So I was like, I was like, damn, five seven as a freshman. Probably five nine as a sophomore, and then I was like six four as a same height I am now as a, as a junior. But I only weighed about one hundred and sixty five pounds. I was I was skinny, and you know I I just I wasn't matured yet. So it was weird. My, I was like really good. Everybody passed me, and then I kind of caught back up on me. But um, I mean, I had no desire to play college football. So like, wow. I signed ba- baseball during football season my my senior year. I mean that was that was my sport. I right. Mean, um, I mean I literally went from throwing like. 77 78 my sophomore year and i topped out at 98 my senior year so i kind of that those two years right there i mean i just yeah. kind of really took the next step and, and got better so i you know and i was pissed i remember <clears throat> i remember getting so mad at my coach i was a shortstop i thought i was i thought i was mm-hmm. a good shortstop good hitter and i was a good high school hitter but right come to find out i wasn't that good so i wanted to play shortstop. <laughs> I pitch. and then uh, one of the coaches was like look dude I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you you have no chance to go to the next level whether it be JUCO, Division One, Division Two, you're not playing shortstop at the next level. If you want to go to the next level, you got to pitch. And so I got on the mound and uh, found something, and God, thank God I did. Damn that! See, it's something about your demeanor <laughs> when we first met in 2012. It, it occurred to me, and I couldn't find anything that to, to tell me when you started playing baseball, when you started playing football. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that you were so freaking talented. And that, and I'm thinking about that junior senior year of, you know, which sport do you choose? You know, you're you're playing football, you're playing ba- baseball, and you're trying to decide. Okay, you have no desire to play college football, but you're really great at at uh, baseball. So that leads me to this next question: Did you have any offers playing football your senior year when it came that time to sign the letter of intent, or um, did you did you meet a cutoff? Um, place where you had to make a decision to play football or, or baseball in high school. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it was weird. <laughs> the way it all, I kind of, I kind of lost it for a second, but <clears throat> I think the way, you know, for me, I was fortunate. I, you know, my, my baseball coach was cool. He was cool with me playing other sports. So I played, and I, I, I wanted my senior year. I didn't even want to play basketball because I wanted to focus on baseball. I wanted to go straight from football, jump into baseball, and. Right. You know, I'm still of the opinion you should play them all. Like, I don't care what sport, right, soccer. Right. Uh, I play the same. Do it all. Same. Right? Like, let's find same. out what you're good at. Let's become an athlete. Um, right. So, that, you know, that was – it was never really like I was pressured just to play one. I was never really focusing just solely on one sport. I was – I just like whatever the season – whatever the sport was that season. So, um, you know, for me, man, it was, it was honestly – it was like, all right, I had a decent junior year. My team sucked. We were like two and eight, bro. I mean, we were <laughs> terrible. And then right. I threw for a bunch of yards, but a lot of them were like trash yards late in games. And and uh, right, right. And then I started to figure it out my my senior year, and I was like second in state in passing. 
you know, so yeah. team also the whole deal. And so mm-hmm. all state and both really football and bat and baseball, right? Say it again. You were all state in both baseball and football your senior year. Yeah, right? my senior year I was. My senior year I was. So I mean, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I was I was a late bloomer, you know, and I think that's why right. and we'll get there in a second, I'm sure. But like the major league baseball draft, a lot of that is just like projectability. You know, I'm right. I'm right. I'm 18 years old. I'm 6'4, 175. Right, you fit the bill. You see me at 6'4, 225. And, right, right, uh, right. But, I, you know, I just was kind of a late bloomer, man. Like, I was mm-hmm. – I kind of had a weird progression through the whole deal. But, uh, man, I mean, I, I had zero desire to play to play football. And like I said, did, you I, have any, did you have any interest, any any uh, offers your senior year to play football? No, because, I mean, like I said, I didn't even send out – you know, that was back – we're about the same age. That was back yeah. when I physically sent out tape. And right, honestly, right. It wasn't I, mean, on I social didn't media. send one tape to anybody. I mean, I, I – I signed to play baseball Whoa, during football season. So wait a minute. What's crazy? This is this is what's crazy. So like, uh, so Gundy recruited my tight end, and he ended up getting caught mm-hmm. uh, cheating on the ACT. So they they oh damn they nixed him. Yeah, so he they, went to a small yeah. school. So that's whenever you know. So Gundy saw me play plenty, and that was the transition back to Oklahoma State eventually. But I mean, I didn't send out one tape. I didn't. That's crazy. I didn't, I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't. So you you get drafted, you decide to go to the Yankees. You're in the what the farm system for what five years or so. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at what point? When did you decide? Like, okay, enough is enough. This baseball thing isn't working out. Or I believe I read something where you had a torn labrum or you got injured tendonitis or something like that. When did that? How did that conversation happen for you? And when did you decide? Okay. I've had enough. I've, I've exhausted myself enough in baseball. Let me go try to reconnect with Mike Gundy and try this quarterback thing at Oklahoma State. It's funny. So, like, <clears throat> so when I signed, um, the big holdup when we signed my contract was getting the amount of money for school because I knew school was going to get more expensive. So that's what took so long to sign my baseball deal. Okay. The Yankees ended up paying for my school. So, oh, you know, at the time, my okay, parents okay. like, we need to get this money. I don't want to pay for your school. We need to get as much money as we can. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, I told my mom and dad, I was like, if I don't make it, you know, I'd love to go back to school and play football. And they're they're looking at me like, yeah, right. You know, that, yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> right, right. So that was really my plan from day one. Uh, mm. I would say after my fourth season, my shoulder wasn't good. I mean, I was kind of losing some velocity. Uh, uh-huh. And, you know, I kind of hit that. You, you just know, like, you know, I was in, I was in A-ball still. Um, yeah. Stuffing around, riding buses, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, not making any money. Yeah. And, um after my fourth year, I really wanted to shut it down and go back to school then. Uh, but right. I had some people taught me into it. They said, give it one more year. Let's see what happens. So I go, right. I play one more year. And that year, that's the year I partially tore my labrum and tried mm. to throw through it because I didn't want to have surgery because I knew if I had surgery, then my chance to go back to school are screwed. So I was like, I can throw right. through it. So threw through it. And my senior year or my last year in baseball, there was another guy, he was a third baseman. He played quarterback at Dartmouth. And so he mm-hmm. brought the football. We we'd slay like pregame, you know, we'd run routes and throw the football. So that's, that's really wild, man. I would say after my fourth year, but definitely during my fifth season, I was like, this is what I'm gonna go do. Because I mean, as we all know, I was old already. I was 23 when I went back yeah. to school. So yeah, yeah. It was, it was it just kind of I lucked out, man. I mean, I was just kind of in the right place at the right time and and uh, got lucky. So so that's I'm glad you brought that up in terms of like, you know, you had a plan coming out of high school. Hey, listen. I want to sign for as much as I can to take care of my schooling because that's a possibility. I'm glad you had that. You and your parents thought about that ahead of time. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Uh, but let, let me ask you about some of the – so I have a buddy I went to high school with, 
His name is Casey Koshman. He was a first baseman. And I remember going to high school baseball games and they won everything from the spring to the 5A championship. I went to every game and he was like the 13th pick of the draft the year before you, 2001. Yeah. And so he's told me stories about, you know, some of the travels and it's like, it's like, it's tough. You know, a lot of people don't know when you get drafted, you, you don't start in the major leagues. You have to go through the farm system. What was those? Tra- How would you compare those travels to like when you got to the college or the NFL? Like, I don't know much about it. I've heard and tell me stories, but I was like, I don't know if that's fucking true. They treat yeah. you like a freaking, you know, but any anything jumps out to you in terms of like you say peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when you would travel or what have Was it really that tough just, you know. Um, as a single A or triple A, double A player before you actually make it to the big league? Yeah, so the way we're – and a lot of that depends on which league you're playing in. I mean, there's some leagues where, you know, your furthest bus trip might be four hours. There's some where – like I took one from South Georgia to Cleveland. It was 18 hours on a bus. Wait, wait, you guys don't don't fly? No, no. No, I never. What? In minor league, the, the only guys that fly is triple A for the, for the longer trips. But if you're in double A or, or below – if you're in A ball, you're in rookie ball. No, you're bus. I never knew that. It's not like the bus we took to the game. Like these aren't like nice buses. They're not school buses, but they're they're just not the brand new. You know, they're right, probably right. the, the hand me down type buses. <laughs> so, so you'll get a kick out of this, man. So I signed my contract. You know, and I didn't really know exactly how it all worked. So I signed my contract. I go to Tampa. That's where the Yankees uh, spring training and farm system is. Yep, and. Uh, I didn't even know like the wage scale, like how much we we're getting paid. So I, you know, I got a nice little signing bonus. I get my first check. This is no BS, dude. Before taxes, it was eight hundred and fifty dollars a month. Wait, wait, eight, wait, 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 wait. Eight hundred and fifty dollars a month. That's before taxes. Wait. So wow. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. So thank God I had a signing bonus. I had some money in my pocket. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's crazy. Wow, I didn't know you guys honestly, did didn't go up much. Really? Go up much. It went from like eight fifty to like eleven fifty my second year. Then I think it was like twelve fifty my third year. So it was a luxury and you're only for you. That six months out of the year. Right. Oh my gosh. That yeah, that sounds brutal. Funny, you you got to be committed. That sounds like you either got to be very committed. Got to be committed. And I tell people I'm kind of joking. Like you're paying to play. If your parents still right. have money or you didn't get a signing bonus. Right, you're damn, you're damn near losing money, you know. So right, it's, right. Uh, I mean, you gotta, you gotta want it. I mean, obviously, the light of the tunnel to get to the big leagues, it's great, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's, it's yeah. hard to make it, man. It's hard to, hard to get there. Yeah. So, so now you make the transition to Oklahoma State, and you're probably, as you mentioned, you're 23 years old. You're at an age where you should be graduating. What was that like personally for you to walk into a situation where, you know, guys are not on your level mentally, and I know that had to. You know, we talked about it many times in Cleveland, how we would we kind of gravitated towards each other and would just look at some of the dumb crap that these young guys were doing. Did you have that same situation once you got to college? Yeah, I did. I mean, so I, I came in with guys like Des Bryant, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I love that. That's one of my all-time favorite dudes. Yeah. And, but he's a big kid, right? He came in as an 18-year-old kid. He's, <laughs> I mean, he's a kid. Um, and, and there was more guys. But So I came in as 23-year-old, and I'm the old man already, but – my first year wasn't bad, you know, because a lot of those seniors, you know, the fifth-year seniors especially, those guys were 22, 23 years old. So right. I kind of well, didn't you redshirt your first year? I did, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I did. So I redshirted, which was probably good for me because I got to do the scout team thing and got to knock the rust off. And Right, you and, hadn't thrown a football. Be, what's up? You, haven't, you hadn't thrown a football competitively since 
high school, right? Yeah, 2000, so really 2001, yeah. That was a huge gap in between to just think you could come in and just sling it around. But go ahead, I'll let you finish. I'll let yeah, you finish. no, you're, that's all I was going to say, man. Like, I coached my brother. He was quarterback at our high school. I coached him, so I'd throw seven on seven. But, you know, I, I'd taken five years off. You know, I naturally know how to throw football. But <clears throat> so I got to go in there and be on that scout team. And, I mean, you know, literally learn how to read defenses, understand the front, yeah. understand formations, and understand all the stuff. And that stuff was – you know, I, mean, oh, school, I can you only don't learn a lot of that stuff, right? Like you don't you don't pay attention to it. So no, uh, no. So that was good. That, that red shirt year was huge oh, for me. Wow. Kind of helped my development. That that makes sense because it, it you said you were a late bloomer. Thinking about what you said earlier, you were a late bloomer. And I couldn't imagine playing linebacker taking five years off and you thought you studied in high school. That wasn't really studying tape or studying offenses or in your case studying defense and now you're you're in a situation where you go from throwing a football throwing a baseball being away growing up as a as a grown man figuring out things with 850 something dollars a month and now being put in this position with a bunch of big kids and now you have to learn how to read defenses dude that to me will take you that's not easy to do quarterback is the hardest position to play on the field and when you got your chance to start, I looked at the records, man. You, Mike Gundy was your coach at the time. You shattered and obliterated some of his records that were standing. You know, most uh, uh, yards passing in the season, most completions in the season, and so on and so forth. How were you able to do it so fast and adjust to it? Man, I, I think for me, I think, again, that first year was big for me. Just like, yeah. going out like, you know, in scout team, if you throw a pick, no big deal, right? Like, I'm going to force right. balls into windows. I'm going to try to take some shots that maybe I wouldn't in a normal game. So you kind of learn through the old error, I guess. But, you know, I think that yeah. first year was big. And I'll be honest, I mean, being candid, I mean, I feel like I got jerked around, especially my third year. So we mm. had we had starters. We had, um, you know, Bobby Reed was a starter, and then Zach Robinson became the starter. So I knew I wasn't going to be the guy in my first three years. Right, but, right. Um, you know, I finally got an opportunity in my, my retro sophomore year but I was kind of, I was still the third string guy. Like I wasn't even the backup. Really? I was clearly better than the backup. The other, the other guy, I like Alex Cape, but I mean, that, you know, whether it was spring game or whatever, I just, I felt like I was a better player. But, you know, I just, I took, I, and I, I mean this, and looking back at it, I took advantage of every rep. And I think that's, right. that's what, you know, I didn't get many. So like when I did get no. many, I was like, man, look, this is all you're going to get. Like I get a chance to go play in a spring game. Like I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna let it rip. I'm gonna let it fly. This is the sort of right. chance I'm gonna really get. So, knock on wood. Fortunately, man, I was very lucky to play well in those situations, and and um, you know, I was able to to kind of fight my way. You know, I, I think about the kids these days. Like, you know, I never even thought about transferring, or I never even like, <laughs> right, right. leave or quit or give up. I'm, like, right. I'm better than this cat. I'm gonna beat this. I'm gonna beat him out. <laughs> right. It's gonna happen eventually, but. <laughs> um, I'm glad I I'm glad I stuck with it. Yeah, and it and it goes to I mean you had already gone through what most of those young kids hadn't even experienced. You experienced life at a different level, so it was a different meaning for you. Now, let me ask you this: Were you on scholarship, or were you still paying for school during this time? So the first uh, the first two years the Yankees paid for, it, so I was a walk on. Okay. The third year, so my registered sophomore year, they put me on scholarship. So it was nice. So I was on scholarship, getting scholarship yeah. checks or paying for my room. Plus, yeah. I was double dipping. So I was able to put that that scholarship check that the Yankees were giving me basically yeah. in my pocket. So right, right. it was a hell of a deal, really. It worked out pretty good. 
I mean, you're being very modest, but like I looked at the records. Your 2000 was it 2011 season, your senior season. You threw for a gazillion yards, a gazillion touchdowns. You and Justin Blackman was just. I remember watching those games, man. I was like, you, you guys. I was a, you know, obviously a college football fan at the time. I was in the NFL, but I remember watching those games and you guys played the Fiesta Bowl. You guys were 11 and one that year. You guys be. Yeah, we ended up 12 and one. Yeah. Well, 12 and 1. You guys ended up playing a stacked Stanford team with Andrew Luck. And you guys, if my memory serves me correctly, you guys won that game in overtime. Is that, we did. Yep. Is that right? That's right. So, so just the way you start, I can see how a GM would fall in love and just get enamored with. Uh, I'll take this, this, this saying from uh, Ryan Clark from ESPN. It's called this arm arrogance. Because you had your arm strength was like, it was different. It was different than most quarterbacks. So I can see how a team like the Browns, they had a chance to to go grab you. They did. So let's transition to the Browns. And who was the coach? Man, my we've had so many coaches there. Uh, uh, Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer was, Pat Shermer was your coach. And your OC was Brad it? Childress. Brad Childress. Brad. So what was that like for a guy who was basically learning on the fly to, to read defenses, to learn how to play the quarterback position? Do you feel like, you know, what was that like for you stepping into that environment? Because if anyone hadn't been to Cleveland, Cleveland's a different animal. They look for a guy to play your position, someone to come in and save the franchise. Right. And that's not the case because you have so many, you know how the, the game is played. One, a quarterback and nothing around him, nothing to protect him, a defense that's, that's not even mediocre, that's a tough situation for anyone to walk in. How did you handle it? Yeah, I mean, I thought I handled it as well as I could, you know. And thank God you were there. Sometimes we, you know, we were able to talk. Yeah, you helped me out a lot, so I do appreciate that. But man, honestly, like I went in, you know, highly touted junior and senior season. You know, was fortunate mm. enough to be a first round pick. I knew what I was kind of walking into, but I didn't right. know how bad it had been. No one does. You know, it was yeah, it was bad, man. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was tough. So and and I probably didn't know enough of the history. I knew they had been through a bunch of quarterbacks, but I didn't know they had been through the amount of quarterbacks they had been through. So, right. you know, honestly, I mean, that first year, no matter who you play for, where you're at, that first year is just a whirlwind anyway. I mean, you don't get any yeah. time off and you go right in the season. It's a, it's a grind. But, you know, just on the field, you know, I, I had games where I played well and I had games where I didn't play well. You know, mm -hmm. we had no chance to win because I didn't play well enough for us to win. Dude, you know, we have many I, other I problems. <laughs> was I put in position to be completely successful? I don't know that what we did offensively really fit my skill set. Now I think I can mm -hmm. say that. At the time, right. I couldn't say it. But I think right. that our, our uh, my rookie year, I think I was under center more than any quarterback in the league. And I'm coming, from, I'm coming from the air raid, shotgun, right, rip right. system. Right. You know, I, I would tell those guys. I tell uh, Coach Whipple, I'd be like, "Man, let's just let's do some. Let's have a series, or let's let's take one out of a TV timeout. Let's come out and go no huddle, like two minutes. Right, let's, right. Let's go. And you know, <laughs> so we didn't really do that until we got down, and then it's like you had no choice. So you know, right, it, it was right. frustrating, man. It was, I had a lot of people in my ear. You know, we had Mike Holmgren. He's a president. He's a right. play caller. Right. Brad Childress. You got Pat Shermer. You got Mark Whipple. I mean, everybody's telling you so many different things, man. It, it, right. it became a little bit overwhelming. You know, I feel like I, I didn't handle the pressure. Now, I mean, like I said, at the time, I'll never admit it. But I, there was a lot of pressure Listen. there, man. And like, I just, yeah. You know. Um, trust me, I know. Tr trust me, it was I tough, get it, man. Because like, it was, we, it was hard. we, it we spent a lot of, we spent a lot of time at the wine bar, just like talking, talking through, just 
having a shoulder to talk to. Trust yeah. me, I I had done it my entire career, and people don't understand. You know, you just mentioned three guys; those are really three big egos and guys who are credentialed to be in those positions. But they're all giving you different. I couldn't imagine being in a situation like that. You know, one guy's telling you one thing, another guy's telling you another, but no one's doing anything to help you and translate what you did in college so well to the pro game. So I trust me. I, I and, and it goes to show like. Now you have new style coaches. When I look at guys like uh, the head coach for Sean McVay, Sean McVay. Yeah. over in the Rams, the way he carried Jared Goff, and I'm not saying you were needed to be carried because you had the arm strength, that arm arrogance to make every throw on the field. But I feel like a lot of coaches back then when we were coming up were so just arrogant Stuck about running, yeah, just running their system and not adapting to – you know, what, what the college game is giving you. And, you know, obviously you have success in the college. Do you notice that? I know you did some broadcasting. Uh, you covered your, your alma mater, Oklahoma State University. Have you seen, obviously you follow college football. Have you seen a lot of that translate over to the college game and I, or to the NFL game in terms of, you know, yeah, man. So I, uh, how the game I mean, is played on the collegiate you know, level? For me, I, so, uh, so, what, no, so, man, yeah. so, I've noticed it, you know, big time. You got guys like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, these dudes. I mean, the quarterback position, it's changing. I mean, you don't see a ton of Tom Brady's in college football nowadays. I mean, Mac right. Jones may be a, that style, but, you know, the game's changing. So I got a chance. I called, 12, I called four Big 12 games and six American conference games. And uh-huh. pretty much every quarterback I watched had some type of, type of dual threat. Dual threat, right. And, and some of the coaches did a good job of adapting a system around them. And some, you right. can tell, like you were just saying, are, are so stuck in their ways, they're going to run their, their system come hell or high water. And, right. you know, I, to me, those, those coaches that try to do that, eventually going to get weeded out, you know, because, again, the, the quarterback right. is just a changing. Guys are more athletic, a lot of them have big arms, they can run. And, right. I, and I think that's the type of player they're changing. But I think that's eventually – that's coming to the NFL. I mean, right. everybody's right. looking for that next Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's looking for the next Lamar Jackson. Everybody's looking Josh, for the next, Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. Dude's a big guy who can run. I mean, there's – it's just it's a chance and evolving deal. Um, you know, in Cleveland, a perfect example, I was gonna say this. Perfect example is like I went from a, a no huddle, all signals to the West Coast. And you've heard some of those play calls. Like, yeah. We had a first oh timeouts and exactly. <laughs> right. get the play call. Like, <laughs> right, right. You know, it's crazy. So yeah. I, I think it's, you know, teams like you know, and as I played, you know, my seventh, sixth, seventh year in the league, you know, right. teams started figuring that like, look, let's condense it, let's not make it, you know, you don't have to say a paragraph through and get one play calling, you know? So right. uh, it's evolving, man. Like, you know, the, the game's and, changing and, every year and it's such a copycat league. I mean, you know that honestly about right. anybody, it's, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's going to go back and look what everybody did this year and they're going to implement right. that next year. And that's just, that's the way the, the league and the game is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Cleveland was tough. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even when North Kirk Turner came in, you know, still had to turn around right. a completely different system. I mean, it was just, there was no, uh, no continuity. I mean, hell, they sold the team or my, my rookie year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. You got a new, I mean, it's just, you have no chance <laughs> to win when you do that. And that's, you know, I hate it for the city of Cleveland because it's, it's a good, it's a good football town. Right. So, so the, the fact that was, well, I'll say this one point before I move on to the next. I feel like a lot of these coaches forgot because you have a Mike Holmgren, you have a Pat Sherman, you have a Brad Childress and even Noah Turner. They forgot the fact that you took five years off. 
Right. You know, you weren't just in this football world where you and I know if we open a playbook and we call a play, it's English. It's the English, you know, it's we're speaking English, but it sounds like a completely different language right. to the average person on the street. So that shit takes time. And I yeah. feel like at times you have such ability and it was lost. And I feel like every person's career, particularly a quarterback, you lose them in the first three years. If you don't if you don't nurture that relationship and nurture what they can do in the first three years, then you know how it is. Once you get develop a reputation, that's it. You're done. That's yeah. it. They're, they're, you're done. And I feel like I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I always feel like you got a, a bad end of the deal because, you know, even I wasn't at the time. I didn't fully cut, you know, grasp the fact that you had spent so much time off. You were new to this game. You were new to reading defenses. So that takes time. Yeah, you know, and then you have guys like myself and other guys who this is our job. We 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 disguise what we're doing. We're lying to you pre-snap. So that shit takes time. And um, the other point I was going to make is. Do you think. Let me ask you this straight up. Do you think Cleveland. Do you think things would have gone differently for you? I mean, hell, you had a great career. You played, what, seven seasons, right? Yeah. Seven, seven seasons in uh, the National Football League. So you played, you you were with Houston, you were with Cleveland. I remember you were with Dallas. You beat us. I think you won, You guys beat us when you were with Houston. Houston, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I was so pissed. You know, they had <laughs> me get up. You know how it goes. Like, if you played against a guy, play with a guy, they had me stand up in front of the defense and try to pick out your weaknesses. I'm like, well, fuck. We have to get after the quarterback. We right, have to get right. after him. He can run. He he has the capability, the whole deal. And it was like I was, it was it wasn't my first time doing it. But I was like, nah, I can't. I, that's not my that's not my deal, man. Yeah. I, I can't. I don't I know. Remember, you. I remember walking out of scrimmage, man. I had to shoot it through my face. Looking across, it was different. I hadn't played yeah, it since we were in Cleveland. But yeah, yeah but cool. I, that that was that was fun times, man. That's that's some of the things I do miss is just that. Uh, you know, that camaraderie between guys in the locker room and what have you. So what what do you miss most about not being in the locker room now that you're you're fresh, newly retired? And I'll be honest, I mean, that and game day are really the only thing I miss. You know, mm-hmm. is walking that locker room with your, your guys and, you know, sitting around before practice, after practice, shooting the ball and, you know, mm-hmm. just – you try to put it into words, you try to explain to people that have never been in that environment. Right. Man, it's hard. You know, it's just – Right, right. I mean, it's a – it's a fraternity, man. Like th- there's yeah. different guys from all different walks of life that have right. never, you know, everybody's coming from different places and mm-hmm. you learn so much about different people and you, you appreciate so many things about different people. And, um, right. yeah, it's just, a, it's a very unique place that, man, it's, it's very, it's, you won't find anything else like it. And no, I, I miss, no. I miss the locker room. I miss game day. Yeah. I don't miss all the other yeah, shit, man. I don't miss it. No, me neither. I miss the paycheck. Paycheck was nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But, yeah. Uh, man, it's just, you know, um, I, I, I try to, I think that's why I play so much golf, just that camaraderie, being out there drinking right. with my buddies, gambling, right. having fun. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. It, you try to, try to make it work. There's nothing <laughs> right. like being in the locker room, man. It's just, no, no, uh, nothing like it. It's a fraternity that, you know, it's, it's just very hard to explain. Right, right, and and you and I understand exactly what you mean because one part of the locker room could be a comedy show, the others think they're they're rappers, the others are philosopher. It's just a collection hodgepodge of just different personalities that you know you you it, it teaches you to um, accept everyone, you know, because you're you're all going through the same battles and the same struggles, and you all have one common goal. So I do miss that 
but I, I've turned my attention towards snowboarding. You know, the minute I was done, I was on the slopes. I don't know if you've ever snowboarded or skied or anything yeah, like yeah. that, but it is challenging. The first yeah. time I ever did it, um, it's embarrassing, but I, I end up bruising my my freaking tailbone and it was like a wasted trip. I spent all that money to be out there and I could only be on the board for one day, but it's something I've gotten better at, better with over the years. But uh, you're right, man. It's hard to duplicate. That's probably why I want, I try to get out as much as I can. Right. But uh, do you, do you ever, do you keep in touch with any, um, any of your guys from Cleveland at all besides us communicating right now? You ever um, try to think like any coaches Cleveland. you, you keep up with or, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'll text with uh, the uh, Seneca Wallace every once in a while. Me and Seneca will send. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love that okay. dude. He's, okay. he's awesome. <laughs> uh, of course, Josh Cooper. He lives. He lives down the road from me. Uh, one of the receivers. Okay. So, so speaking of Coop, I met. How old is Cooper now? Your son. My son. Uh, seven. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. So Cooper and Case, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've never met Case. How How old is Case? Case is uh, four. He'll be five in May. Oh man, you get you. Um, so we're going through that three year phase where yeah, he's like telling years. us, yeah. telling us what to do. And well, my son, he's three. Oh, now. Your son's he's, three. Yeah, got yeah, he's telling us what to do, what he doesn't yeah. want, and he slapped me the other day because I was too close to him. It's like, man, don't you realize I could? <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? So um, no, that, that's a beautiful thing, man. Make sure you tell Melanie I said hello. I sure will. Yeah, we used to sure. have some good times in, in Cleveland. And I know you got it, Brian, so I won't keep you too much longer. Just yeah, a few good. more questions, man. Um, you're good. So, what, so, obviously, you're a fan of college football. You play for multiple teams. And I know you don't follow it like it's your job, but what do you think about the new Cleveland Browns situation with Baker Mayfield? You know, they got a decision to make. And if you haven't watched enough of whether you watched enough of his play or not, everyone seems to have an opinion about him. What, what's your general opinion about how the Browns should should nurture that relationship or if he's the guy moving forward? I think, you know, this year was a, a weird year for him. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. He played some injury that's pretty right. significant and you right. know, didn't play very well. But mm-hmm. so you got to commend him for being tough and fighting through it. I get it. Um, <clears throat> so I, I personally, this is just me. Yeah. I think he deserves another year. Go out and he's going to be healthy. Yeah. Let's see what he can right. do. I think, right. I think for a couple of reasons. One, they picked up his fifth-year mm-hmm. option. So in quarterback right. terms, he's not expensive. You know, he's not right. not getting right. a, a $250 million deal. Let's go, let's let it play right. out on a 20 some million dollar deal, see what happens. Right. You know, and they and then let's say he plays well enough, they could always franchise and do different deals. But but right. I just I think I think they've got a bunch of really good pieces around them. I think that offensive line is is really good. I think that run game might be mm. the best one-two punch in the league. Yes. Um so I think I think if, if he's healthy, they can run the football. I think he's best when they're doing play action. Get under center, play action. No doubt. Protect it up, take shots. You know, find Jarvis, find those guys on the outside. He's got some dudes, man. Like, he's got, right, some, right. He's got some dudes. And tight ends, too. Uh, yeah. And a great I, I defense. He deserves another year, man. And I, I don't think mm-hmm. financially it, it doesn't handicap him. I think it, it gives him a year to go out and get other guys salary cap-wise. Right. Because um, I think he's shown, you know, the consistency maybe hadn't been there. But I think mm-hmm. he's shown he's got the ability to to put together a pretty explosive offense, and you know when things are good, when they're doing things he's good at, I right, think right, they got a chance to be pretty. There good. it is, there it is, and, and plus I, I feel like he has that it factor. The guys yeah. like him; he hangs out with them, and you know, you know as well as anyone to play that quarterback position in Cleveland. 
And if you have something that's working, you know, stick with it until until you can and, and until something else comes up, if that's the case. But short term, I agree with you. So let, let's go to um, the Cowboys. I know you spent some time with the Cowboys. man. what is it like? So from the outside looking in, I've always viewed the Cowboys as like, man, that's one team. If I get a chance to play for, man, I'm going. I'm taking that chance because Jerry Jones, if I were an owner, I would be meddling in every situation possible because I'm a fan of football and the head coach's business, everyone's business. What was it like playing for the Dallas Cowboys? And is it is it true from the outside look that the lure they have, the attention they get? Do you feel that when you're in that building and when you're part of that organization? Big time. I, I tell people when you have that star on your side of your helmet, the lights are brighter. Um, <laughs> the pressure's different. I mean, it's just yeah, it's different, man. Like you go, like you know, I was in Cleveland. You travel in on a, on a Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. You know, we'd have yeah. 10, 15, 20 people. With Dallas, <laughs> it didn't matter if it was Green Bay, Buffalo, Miami. It didn't matter, bro. There's thousands of people out there waiting. You know, wow. Um, wow. I mean, it was. It was different, especially coming from Cleveland. And I'm not knocking Cleveland, but I mean, they were going no, to no, the we, yeah. right? They, they sold the right. team. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was kind of the bottom of the barrel, right? Now you're going to the creme de la creme. I mean, right. we're doing, right. we're doing, you know, black tie dinners on the top of the World Trade Center two nights. What? Play the Giants, uh, red carpet stuff. We're doing, I mean, some of the events. I mean, wow. It was, I mean, <laughs> I mean it was, wow. Jerry does it right. I mean, he loves the glitz and the glamour. Yeah, yeah. He was ahead of his time. He was definitely, you know, his marketability of the team and what he wants for the team. Everyone, player, coaches, everyone wants. You there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Sorry, from a marketability. No, you're good. From a marketability standpoint, I thought he's he's always been ahead of his time. Now with social media, it is what it is. You, If your players are into it and they're bringing attention to everything you're doing, it only helps your brand. So I've always felt like he's been, whether I agree with it or not, now I'm a fan of social media and how it can help you and benefit you and all that. But we were on the, the early stages of that, man. And so we didn't, we, I mean, at least in my opinion, I thought it would, it would be here one day and go on the next, but it's here to stay. It's here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, to... I will say one thing about Jerry, I mean, you know, he, he's a little older, obviously he's a very successful guy. Right. Um, how do I say this? I mean, <laughs> and he'll never do this. So, but I think his <laughs> right. son, you know, all the guys they have involved making those decisions. I mean, he's the face. Everybody wants to talk, talk to him. And but right. I think the more they can keep a, a microphone out of out of front of the <laughs> better better off that organization. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just the But I just think it's it's just a different vibe, dude. I mean, I went from again, Browns, Cowboys, Glitz, Glamour, Red Carpet. Right. Yeah. And I went down yeah. to Houston. It's blue collar. I mean, it, you know, he ran yeah. it like tried to run the New, New England Patriots. So, oh wow, I've seen a little bit of everything, man. It's <laughs> none of them are the same. Like I promise. <laughs> right. No. When I went to uh, uh, Indy, I remember walking in the the locker room for game day, the home team locker room, and it was like division championship, division championship, division. I mean, all these like just memorabilia. It, it was like a museum. Right. Of all the good stuff they had done and big games they had won, and even on the practice field in the in the facility, you walked in and was like, "Oh shit, I got to win here. This right. is different from Cleveland. This is a lot different." And but when I realized, it feels yeah, right. like in the NFL, right, 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 
we're about to go win something. <laughs> it's, it's different, man. It was it was a different vibe. So the story I was going to tell is, and I don't know if I've ever you've ever heard this from anyone else who ever played for the Colts, but my first year there in training camp, it's hot as hell outside. It's like after a week, you all the hype is gone, and now you're in the dog days of training camp. So Mr. Ursay was always a fixture at practice. He would always have on a nice suit in 98 degree weather. He always had a suit on. I don't get it, but that's that's what billionaires do, I guess. Right. So so um, so the ones we had just run off the field, you know, I'm getting I'm grabbing some water and I look over near the bleachers because every day we had as many fans as possible. And I see Mr. Ursay and I see a gentleman behind him with a duffel bag. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I see the crowd just migrate around Mr. Ursay. And I'm thinking, oh, it's Mr. Ursay. They want to shake hands. No, 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 no. He wasn't only just shaking hands. He was passing out $100 bills to the fans. <laughs> yes, bro. Yes, bro. Yes. He was passing out $100 bills, shaking hands, taking pictures, kissing babies, doing all of that. And I was oh, like, man. what in the world is going on? And it was like, I was the new guy on the block. So, I'm like, does anybody else see this? Everyone was like, yeah, this Mr. Ursa, that's what he that's what he does. He loves his wow. team and he gives back. So, and then the other instance was uh What a good story. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. And everyone else was like, oh, this, you know, it's Mr. Ursa. You know, he loves his team. He loves his wow. fans. So, uh the next story was uh the playoffs. Uh we were playing this is a year prior Peyton had left to go to Denver. And uh you know, leading up to that week, he walked in the meeting room and he basically, we left the meeting room, Brandon, thinking if we don't win this game, everyone will be fired, including the head coach. I'll say that. And we went out and played our ass off <laughs> and won that game. <laughs> and i tell you what, bro. i tell you what, I've never felt like my job was on the line more so than going into that game because of the words of Mr. Earth. It was motivating, but we left thinking, we got to win this fucking game. No, yeah, no we got to win this game. We got to win this game. That's crazy. That's cool. But, uh, but uh, Brandon, man, I, I want to get you out of here, man. I know you, you got the your, your little ones to tend to. Uh, tell Melanie we said hello. We love you guys. And uh, I thank you for, for taking the time to do this with me. It was great catching up. And we got we to gotta catch up outside of this, man. And, and if uh, – oh, one other story. So we were in Aspen recently, and we met a couple that knew friends of your family. Okay. Like we took a picture. Of what they're from Oklahoma, so I figured they didn't know you per se, but it just literally popped in my mind. But anyway, I saw man, a picture, I, I saw a picture of that Aspen trip. It looked legit. Oh my goodness, I I I love Aspen. I love Aspen. I did some things I I normally would never do, taking my shirt off and <laughs> popping champagne. It was it was it was a a, a mess, but it was fun. It was, was fun. fun. But uh, now, Brandon, thank you, man, for doing this. I appreciate it, man, and uh, good luck with uh, whatever else you got going on, and and keep hitting them straight, brother. I appreciate All right, it. Man. Thanks for having me on. I good catching up with you. Absolutely.